you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockold and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds. It's episode 13 and we're looking back over the results in the Toolstation Western League from Monday the 16th of October. We've got an absolutely chock-a-block podcast for you today. Not only have we got a whole host of County Cup games going on, including of course our very own Toolstation Western League fixtures, but we have the FA Vars as well. So we do have a, a rundown of those matches and uh, well it's half-term week, which can mean only one thing. I'm joined as I always am, of course, by the author of the Western League Bulletin, it's Tom Hiscott. But we are we're in the uh, we're in the Ram in the centre of Bath, which is um, which is a much more salubrious place to be doing the podcast than my bedroom. Not that Tom joins me in my bedroom. I hasten to add, he normally joins me on the telephone. We are just sat in a pub in the centre of Bath, very much uh, uh, looking forward to talking through the uh, the week's football coming up. Anyway, Tom, it's lovely to see you. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad. Yeah, as you say, off for a week, so uh, no work, which is always nice. But um, plenty of football to look back on, which is exciting. Yes, and I've got the prospect of looking after my children. Wouldn't it have been wonderful if we were doing the podcast with, with my two little girls running around here? I'm sure they'd have enjoyed that an awful lot. Anyway, we don't have to do that, fortunately. We found a very nice little function room here in the basement of the uh, uh, of the Ram. We've uh, we've got a very much a boardroom feel going on here, so I can see this becoming a regular feature if um, if both of us can uh, can make the time. Anyway, uh, we start off by looking at the uh, the results from Monday, the sixteenth of October, and uh, Wiltshire FA Senior Cup action starts us off. My hometown, Melksham, of course, they were at home to Mere, and it was a mere one hundred and sixty eight people, a paltry sum for um, um, for. Melksham Town, um, but they would have all gone home happy as Melksham triumphed 5-0 in that cup fixture. We did have some uh, Premier Division fixtures as well. They took place on Tuesday the 17th of October. Do you want to talk us through those, Tom? Yeah, of course. Pretty exciting games on Tuesday night, actually. So in a game of two halves, there was a, a win for Buckland, their first win uh, of the month, uh, a 3-2 win at home to Bridport. Uh, they were ahead in no, no time at all, thanks to Richard Groves and Jared Lewington so taking a two-goal lead, uh, and thanks to Lloyd Gardner on both occasions who provided the assist. Uh, Groves then doubled his tally to put Buckland three up uh, before a penalty from uh, Mark Salter, who's always good for a goal, uh, got Brad Bridport back into the game just after the hour mark. Uh, Salter then scored again four minutes from time, set up a nervy final few minutes, but they couldn't manage the equaliser, and, and Buckland held on for the, the 3-2 win. And also chipping Sodbury Town, they were in action, they were at home to uh, your side, Odd Down. Mm-hmm. And Odd Down's first league win since August, uh, a 2-0 win uh, away at chipping Stod- Sodbury. Ash McGrain, who's back amongst the goals, uh, gave them a second minute lead uh, before Michael Timmins, Tippins, sorry, doubled the advantage. Uh, and that was, that was how it stayed, 2-0 to Odd Down. Now the rest of the week was full of uh, various County Cup action, Tom, and you're going to rattle us through those results, aren't you? Of course, yeah. In the uh, Gloucestershire Challenge Trophy on Tuesday evening, uh, there was a 3-2 defeat for Cribs away at Brunscombe and Frupp. Uh, Hallen fared better. They got a 4-0 win away at Tuffley Rovers in the same competition. In the Wiltshire FA Senior Cup on Tuesday, uh, Bemerton Heath Harlequins beat Warminster 8-2. Uh, Carn beat Malmesbury 2-0. Uh, and there was a defeat after extra time for Devizes. They went down 3-1 at Bremhill FC. Uh, and then in the Somerset FA Cup, FA Premier Cup uh, on Tuesday evening, Ashton and Backwell were knocked out following a 1-0 loss to Taunton. Uh, the following evening, there were a pair of Wiltshire FA Senior Cup ties. Uh, Caution Town uh, lost 5-0 to Puseyvale, but that was much better, better, better luck for Westbury United, who ran out 4-0 winners at home to Marlborough Town. 
So that brings us bang up to date, Saturday the 21st of October, and um, we're going to start with our FA Vars games, and we previewed these, of course, with the help of Kerry Miller on last week's programme. Plenty of anticipation building, and uh, we'll kick off in Portsmouth, the place of my birth, where Radstock Town, the Miners, travelled down to Baffin's Milton Rovers. Yeah, and unfortunately, Bradstock uh, no longer in the cup. Uh, a 1-0 loss uh, to the brilliantly named Baffins Milton Rovers. Uh, and it was a late goal from uh, Joel Jackson scoring, scoring the only goal of the game there. And Radstock, unfortunately, couldn't manage to, to grab an equaliser. Well, another team that was in away action was Bridgewater Town. They travelled to Bashley, but this time uh, we're pleased to report a win. Yeah, a 3-2 win for Bridgewater. Uh, they're through to the next round uh, in extra time of all places. So uh, Sid Camper had given them a 2-1 lead, uh, plus a known goal, uh, but they were then pegged back late on. Uh, but then in extra time, Harry Horton uh, secured the win for Bridgewater and they move on to the next round, a 3-2 win after extra time. And another team that was in good form in the Vars was Hengrove Athletic. They were at home, the visitors Alton, and uh, another extra time result, Tom. Yeah, and they were lucky to get to extra time. Um, they took the lead through Luke Crew uh, before finding themselves 2-1 down, uh, following Danny Knee and Scott Sanderson goals for the visitors. Uh, but then with three minutes left on the clock, uh, so in the 87th minute, Joe Brimble managed to save his side with a late equaliser. And in the extra time, they pushed on and managed to forge ahead uh, with goals from Craig Parsons and Jack Fillingham firing through firing them to the next round. Now, the next tie is a tie that was called out by Kerry as one of his ties of the round. In fairness to Kerry, I think I would have agreed with him if it hadn't been for the all-Western um, League affair that we'll be covering at the end of this particular feature in the podcast. But um, odd down at home to Tavistock, and uh, I'm in danger of having another one of my rants about crowd sizes. Yeah, odd down not doing the best on that front at the moment. Now, obviously, I had the... The, uh, the ground hop, which, which helped them somewhat in their average attendance, but uh, only 40 there, I believe, on Saturday afternoon, was it? Less than 40. Less than 40 there on Saturday afternoon, uh, and they, they unfortunately saw a loss. Uh, Tavistock uh, winning 2-1, uh, despite a late ace and white penalty for Oddown. I mean, Tavistock, we, you know, Kerry called it on, this, uh, on last week's podcast. Tavistock are a good side, no question about that. Um, Oddown going well uh, in the... Um, um, in the Premier Division and of course you know everybody knows my particular affection for Asa White and the fact that he bears a passing resemblance to Perlo but um, yeah I mean that's a real shame because I think that if I'd have you know that would have been a game that would have definitely if I, if I hadn't been going to a wedding on Saturday night I would have gone there anyway it's probably too much information right we'll move on now Wantage Town they were at home to Cadbury Heath yeah and unfortunately Cadbury Heath uh fall into a 4-3 loss um, two, two penalties from Sasha Tong had them in the game uh, but then into extra time it went and Scott Robertson uh, scored four minutes uh, into that extra time period for the Southern League side and Wantage Town progressed to the next round now then, now on, uh, on last week's podcast, I suggested that the next tie could have more drama than Downton Abbey and I think I was nearly right yeah, uh, four free winners. Uh, Wellington ran out uh, in extra time. Uh, they scored twice in that period uh, to claim the win at home to Wessex League side Downton. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the, the goal scorers for that particular fixture, but uh, it's good to see Wellington uh, doing well in the Cup, and they've uh, definitely picked a, picked a good time to find form. Uh, these home games coming thick and fast for them, and uh, yeah, a good win in the Cup, four free winners. They ran out. And uh, the final tie now, uh, it was a, uh, that we're going to cover, of course, there was plenty of action in the FA Vars, but the final tie for us, and it was a real belter, and actually I can't help but feel that, you know, the supporters have been slightly hard done by that these two powerhouses of Western League football have met so early in the competition because both had the capacity to go deep, and... Um, 
Well, and Rovers, well, I mean, I don't think when we spoke to Richard Fay last week, I don't think he had any idea of, uh, of, of what, was to, uh, what was to hit his table-topping street side. No, I don't think anyone could have saw this coming. A 7-1 win for Will, and lots of late goals, of course, but still running out, um, yeah, pretty comprehensive winners. Uh, they did go ahead, Will, and uh, quite early in the game through Luke Mortimer, who's obviously bagging a lot of goals this season. Uh, but Street did what they do best, and they managed to, to level things up with Josh Wadham scoring on the half-hour mark. Uh, Alex Foe then made it 2-1 to Willand, and from there they didn't really look back. Um, they scored five goals in the final half hour uh, to complete the one-sided uh, scoreline. Uh, Mortimer added a second. Uh, Luke Alden also added a brace. Uh, and then there were further goals from Adam Hill and Brad Alston. So, yeah, um, a 7-1 win for Willand, and, uh, yeah, good afternoon for them. Now, we normally look at the, uh, the fixtures um, coming up after we've gone through the rest of the calendar, but um, the draw has been made for the FA Vars. So um, uh, the, the fixtures, I believe, are to be played on November the 11th. We will be covering them again, but perhaps it feels only right that we have a quick look at how our sides uh, are lining up in that competition going forward. You've got the draw there, Tom. So could you run through those, those fixtures that do cover Talk Station Western League sides? Yeah, very much breaking news to me. I've just been shown the piece of paper with the draw uh, so we have six ties involving our sides in the next round we've got Wellington uh, after their 4-3 win uh, they travel to take on Scholling Melksham they travel to take on Wantage Town who obviously saw off Cadbury Heath on Saturday uh, Hengrove are also on the road they take on Newport and the Isle of Wight uh, we've got an all-tool-station league affair uh, with Buckland Athletic against Bradford. That is the, the pick of the ties by an absolute mile. Obviously, we'll be covering that one uh, quite comprehensively, I'd imagine. Uh, Will and Rovers, they get a home tie. They take on Westfield. And finally, Bridgewater Town, they, they must travel as well, and they take on Farnham Town. We wish all of our sides the very best in that competition, but, of course, we will be covering those fixtures again. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Uh, we'll move back to normal fare and uh, a reasonably comprehensive uh, programme in the Premier Division on Saturday, Tom. And we start off with the irrepressible Bradford Town. Yeah, and it was they were the first of the, the five home winners we're going to look at here. Five home wins from five games. And Bradford Town obviously still unbeaten. Uh, a 4-1 win at home to Cribs. Uh, they fell behind uh, just after the half-hour mark for a, to a Sol Wanjow Smith goal, uh, brilliantly named, uh, the Cribs, Cribs player there, but they managed to get level just before half-time uh, through Dan Cottle. Uh, then with the game in the balance, uh, Cribs had two men sent off, uh, Jake Hodgson and Nathan Legg, both within five minutes of each other, midway through the second half. Uh, and um, Bradford managed to push on, scoring three goals in the last ten minutes. Obviously it was a late, late show for them. Karim Rendell scoring twice, uh, and there was also a goal for Sam Jordan. There's no building any tension with you, is there? Five games, five home wins. Never right then. Well, let's let's move on to our next home win, and it was Brislington against Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, they were also home winners. <laughs> a three-nil win for Brislington. Uh, obviously, Longwell Green have lost uh, now all twelve of their games this season. And yeah, um, I don't know who scored for for Brislington, but a, a comprehensive win at Iron Mold Lane for them. And our next home win, and it's Chipping Sudbury Town. Who did they? Who did they beat, Tom? <laughs> They saw off uh, Wells City, um, the Chipping Sovereign. Uh, George Box, uh, he scored twice. Uh, 
for the home side uh, and also Justin Bishop added a late goal uh, a 3-0 win for Chipping Sudbury yeah so 3-0 win for Chipping Sudbury uh, you remember from at the top of the podcast um, Chipping Sudbury lost out earlier in the week to Odd Down but um, that belies their season so far they've been going a little bit under the radar so I thought it was about time we, we got their manager on the podcast to tell us a little bit about his aspirations um, for this coming season I caught up with Neil Simmons and the first thing I asked him about was that impressive 3-0 win at home to Wales City Uh, obviously made tricky by the conditions I think that you know were, were around most of the games I would imagine that the wind and the rain didn't really help um, but you know we like to try and play football and, and, and thankfully that's what we've done we got the ball down played a bit of football and um, and yeah it was solid it was, it was a good performance we scored a couple of goals later on um, which if I'm honest you know I was hoping that we would have scored uh, before waiting until kind of later on we went 1-0 up uh, in the first half with the wind and uh, had created a few more chances um, in the first half that I was, I was hoping we would have taken, but we didn't. And uh, yeah, and, and with ten minutes to go, we, we kind of popped two in late on just to seal the game. But I, I don't think we were majorly in doubt. But when you're only one nil up, uh, it does does concern you. I think that when they hit the, uh, our woodwork from a free kick with about twenty minutes to go, so uh, it only takes something like that to to cost you a, a game. And so uh, yeah, I was delighted in the end to, to come away with the three points and. and you know, clean sheet as well, which is uh, which is good. Wells have been struggling of late. Were you um, concerned in any way, shape, or form that perhaps the players would go into the game, you know, expecting an easy ride? To be honest with you, um, we'd played the likes of Longmore Green in the GFA Cup um, only a, a week and a bit ago, uh, and they were in a similar plight. And I, you know, I explained to the lads that you know that, that you can't take any game for granted. You know, and for me, a lot of the game is about a mental side as well as ability um, you know and you've got to apply the right attitude you've got to go out there and earn the right to win you can't just think you can turn up and win and you know and, and uh, normal green come very spirited they've had a change manager recently um, and give us a test and you know I, I explained to lads obviously you know the Wales are going through a few issues at the moment but to be honest it's about us not about them um, you know you can't take them lightly we've got a game plan we know what we've got to do you've got to go out there and earn the right to, to win the game and, and then that's the same for any game we kind of enter so it's difficult sometimes because players do turn up with preconceived ideas but you know you do your best to, to shuffle that to one side and, and get them into game mode and, and war about our plan and the other teams uh, you've had an interesting October so far. Um, you recently came up against Odd Down. Of course, they're, they're going well in the league, but not quite as well as Willand are. And you started off October with a victory away at Willand. You must have been over the moon with that result. Uh, yeah, delighted. Yeah, that, that was the performance of the season so far, if I'm honest with you. Um, I'd been down to watch them and I'd seen them a couple of times, so I, I kind of had some idea in terms of how they were going to play and what they were going to do. We'd already played them earlier in the season, lost 3-0 to them at our place uh, really early on, but we had uh, it was a bank holiday weekend, so we, we had a numerous players kind of missing for that game, so it was difficult. So, uh, having watched them and, and, you know, obviously played against them, like I said, I knew what our strengths were, so we kind of adapted ourselves and, you know, put a game plan in place to be solid, um, and uh, and we were, you know, and, and, and we got the goal and, uh, you know, there's a couple of chances they had, but to be honest, other than that, we, you know, we defended really well, which is uh, which is good because we conceded a few goals this season as well. I know we scored quite a few, but we've also conceded a few as well. So it was lovely to go down there, and you know, to be honest, we're the first team to stop them scoring this season. So that was that was really good. 
Well, you're handily placed in the league at the moment. Um, you're you're in seventh. Um, there's a lot of very very strong contenders um, for the uh, for the promotion places uh, above you. But um, you're you're handily placed. This is your first season managing Chipping Sudbury. Uh, you must be very very happy with the start that your uh, your side have made to the season. Yeah, delighted. Uh, to be honest with you, obviously, uh, as you just pointed out, this is my first season um, when I joined the club. Um, there was a number of players from last year that decided they wanted to try their hand at a higher level. Uh, so we lost about seven or eight, which um, which was fine. So obviously that you know got thrown into the the fire, shall we say, and, and had to rebuild a squad um, pretty quickly. Um, which you know, thankfully now I can turn around and say that I've managed to do. Um, so yeah, absolutely delighted. You know, at the beginning part of the season, the the reality is that. Chippenhill obviously that was their first season at this level last year. Um, obviously finished thirteenth, um, and uh, the, the ideal plan this year was to again just consolidate ourselves in this division, make ourselves a, a, a strong, consistent team in the division, um, and, and see where we go from there in, in future years. So, so yeah, absolutely delighted that you know we've, we've started really well. We had a tricky start to the fixture list as well. Uh, I mean, no game's easy in this division, but you know we had a particularly tricky start to the season. Um, to, to find ourselves in seventh now, uh, looking upwards rather than downwards. So, yeah, I'm delighted with that at the moment. It's a really good start. Well, you, you mentioned a tricky start that you've had. You've got Clevedon away coming up on Saturday, but um, November, well, that's looking like an interesting month. You've got to travel to Bridport, and you've got to go to um, Bridgewater twice as well. So the, uh, the the fixture gods don't get any kinder to you, do they? No, that's the thing. As I said, you know, there's no easy teams in this division. You know, um, you've got to be on your metal every time you cross that white line and go on that pitch. And uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult because you know you've got to try and find consistency. Um, but there is, you know, you're coming up against tough teams. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not going to be easy. But you know, we go out there with our game plan. We know what we've got to try and do. We know what we're trying to achieve. Um, you know, and all I can ask is that the lads give 100%. You know, which to be fair, to date they've, they've done for me. Uh, they're a real good bunch of lads. They want to listen to what we want to tell them to do. Um, I've got a great coach on board um, in Kerry Georgiadu. Um, uh, easy way for B badge coach who you know helps me put my plans and ideas across to the players. Um, so yeah, you know it, it, it's actually really exciting moment. Every game we go into, you know, we're, we're really enjoying it. And the fact that you know we're we're seventh takes a bit of pressure off that we're not you know scrapping around down the bottom. You know, and we're looking for real bright things in the future. So of those sides that you've come up against so far this season, who have caught your eye? Who have you? Who do you think are the uh, are the contenders for the Premier Division title this season? Bradford were really good. Um, you know, we lost at the last minute at Bradford two one, which was unfortunate. But you know, you can see they were well set out. Danny's got them, got them playing really well. Obviously, they haven't lost a game yet this season. Um, so that you know, I would imagine they are going to be right up there. Um, Obviously, you've got your obvious contenders, Bucklands, and you know even Willand. I know you know went down and beat them, but um, as we've seen, you know from the weekend, just the result that they had against uh, Street, which was a big surprise to be honest with you, seven-one. Um, you know, once they get in front, they're very, very hard to peg back. So, um, so yeah, yeah, you, you kind of got your obvious guys that are going to be up there, but um, but yeah, for me, the, the, the trickiest game and most organised team we played this season was was Bradford away. You mentioned, obviously, your sort of uh, targets for the season and your expectations. But um, last season, of course, we had the um, we had the example of Street, who I mean, I wouldn't 
wouldn't go as far as to say they came from nowhere, but I think all eyes were on Melksham and, 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 and Buckland uh, and, of course, Bristol Manor Farm at the top of the table. But um, although Bristol Manor Farm ran away with its streak, they, they were always there or thereabouts. So uh, there is a blueprint in this division, no matter how ambitious some of the clubs are. And, of course, we've seen some of the clubs go after players from the um, from the Southern League. You know, there's a lot of very strong contenders uh, in the Premier Division this side. But there is a blueprint, isn't there, for a, for a dark horse? Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean... Uh... Money doesn't buy you everything, as, as, as we kind of know. And you know, there's some budgets in the league, you know, bigger budgets than others. We, we're not on the, you know, we don't have a budget as such. Um, so it, it, it's not necessarily about that. You've got to get things right on and off the pitch. Um, um, but there is, you know, and, and you know, obviously we haven't played street yet, but um, you know, they're in a very good position. Uh, you know, an assistant manager, uh, Nathan Rudge. Uh, I was chatting to him, and you know they're, they're in a real good position, and they've built themselves up. And you know, I think they were quite unfortunate last year not to go up in the end. Obviously, Manor Farm were, were a class apart, but yeah, you're right. You know, it, it takes time to kind of stabilise and build, but there there is a, a blueprint in place, and you know, and, and Tipperley is an ambitious club. The board are ambitious as well. I'm ambitious, so uh, like I said, it's, it's something that we're really seriously looking at in terms of how do we progress, how do we step up to Southern League, and you know, it's, it's block by block. It's not going to happen overnight, but like you said, there is a blueprint in place, and you know, hopefully, we're, we're on that road. Well, Neil, thank you very much for taking um, the time to speak to the podcast. I think um, I probably haven't done you a great service um, with this interview because um, other managers listening to the way you've gone about your business and looking at some of those results you've had, you might not be quite the dark horse as you were before we started to speak today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank you very much. Much appreciated. But, uh, but yeah, we, we've got a few more secrets tucked away, don't worry. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. And my thanks to Neil Simmons for his time. Now we move on to our next game, and it was my hometown side, uh, Melksham Town, at home to uh, to Bridport. I was desperately trying to get to this game, um, but after a session at Aquatikes in Froome, I'm afraid that was uh, that was not possible. Which is a shame because actually, as it turned out, Tom, I would have only needed to go for well, basically a very short period of time. Yeah, uh, a first minute goal. Uh, all to split the sides here, Gary Higdon. Uh, his 15th league goal of the season. He's leading the charts at the moment. Uh, and that was enough to see off Bridport in front of 308 fans at, uh, at the Oakfields. And finally, Shepton Mallet. They were at home to Clevedon Town. Yeah, and it was a pretty good win for Shepton Mallet. Um, they had their goalkeeper, uh, Tom Easterbrook, sent off. Uh, but they managed to claim the 1-0 win uh, with James Billings scoring the only goal of the game there. The evergreen James Billings there, rolling back the years right now. First division, and we kick off with Ashton and Backwell United. They were at home to Wincanton Town. Yeah, and it was a 2-0 win um, away for uh, Wincanton. So obviously not the home winners, in the uh, as we saw in the Premier Division. Uh, and it was goals from Dan Wise and Marcus Cook, who's still other season, for uh, Wincanton. Bishops Lydiard, they were at home to Devizes Town. Yeah, brilliant fight back here. Uh, Bishops Lydiard finding themselves 2-0 down to Devizes with 15 minutes to go, following goals from Jay Walters and Jack Hopper. But then when 15 minutes left on the clock, uh, Ben Hebditch got them back in the game, sliding home, uh, following some good build-up play. And then uh, James Quick, three minutes later, got them back on level terms with a header. And then they completed the turnaround in the 88th minute, Charlie Wilson uh, firing home. So a 3-2 win for Bishops Lydiard. Bristol Telephones, they were at home to Sherbourne Town. Yep, yeah, uh, two, two league games without a win for Bristol Telephones, that was brought to an end. Uh, a 2-1 win at home to, to bottom side Sherbourne, and it was um, some regular figures, uh, Darnie Golding and Leon Britton scoring the, side, scoring the goals for Telephones, either side of a Harry Vanderveld strike for Sherbourne. 
That's some fantastic names there, isn't there? What about who was the chap who scored for um Van der Vel. Really? I, I remember I remember his um the, the Dutch cop show of a very similar name. Anyway, we won't go down that road. Um right then. Um God, where are we? <laughs> Calm Town. Calm Town. They were at home to Chard. Uh, yeah, a one-all draw between the uh, Chard and Cal. Uh, Alex Staffy scoring an equaliser for Chard uh, after Stuart Winder at Windsor had put Cal ahead um, at Bramhill View. And uh, also in uh, in Wiltshire, Chippenham Park uh, were at home. The visitors were were Cheddar in a comprehensive win for the Cheesemen. Yeah, Harden Hewish Park, a big big win for for Cheddar. Uh, they went ahead quite early for Adam Jones uh, before Jake Morford took over, scoring a scoring a brace. And as you say, the Cheesemen uh, romp into the three 0 win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this this week's um, tabloid headline will be cheese rolled. There you go. Boom, boom. I'm here all week. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Sean Potter, the manager of Cheddar, the Cheeseman. Um, Sean, uh, thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Um, you've uh, you've been in good, you've been in very good form of late. It would be fair to say you had a very good win away at Chippenham Park on uh, on Saturday. You must be very pleased. Yeah, I'm delighted. Uh, since I took over um, early on in the season, I think we were, we were playing well. Uh, we just weren't picking up the right results. So, sort of, Jared left, and I took over on a sort of interim basis. Um, and since then, I think we sort of kicked on. I think the mentality sort of changed, which is what we were hoping for. Um, yeah, and we, I, I, the lads have been outstanding. I can't really take too much of the praise because the lads have been brilliant. Um, since I've taken over and I think every single game we don't look like we're going to lose to be honest because it was a difficult start to the season for you wasn't it and it came as a surprise particularly to Tom and myself who of course followed your um, progress last season we thought you were in with a very good shout of getting promoted and it, it didn't happen at the end and it was almost as if that hangover seemed to affect you at the start of this campaign yeah I agree I agree like last season it sort of it just it, it felt again like we were nailed on to get promoted um, we had a little spell where we struggled uh, and we couldn't really get out of it um, and then this season I can't really pinpoint what it was um, obviously until I when I took over sort of tried to change the mindset the lads just I don't know there was just that little little bit little bit of luck that we weren't getting and um, I think since I took over, we've changed that, we've changed the mentality a little bit, we've changed the way we do things, uh, we've changed the way we play, um, and I think, it's, yeah, it's starting to pay off. Because you've, you've rocketed up the league, haven't you, since you've, you've taken over? I mean, it, you, we have to say you have played a few more games than certainly those teams above you, but you've, you've turned it round and, and you've put Cheddar right back into contention um, for promotion this season. After the disappointment of last season, was promotion the target for this campaign? Oh, yeah, of course. I think the season before, I think, maybe, I think we finished fifth. I wasn't around, but I think we were fifth. And then last season being third and just missing out, um, yeah, promotion's always going to be sort of where we want to be. Um, yeah, just yeah, I think promotion's always going to be the aim, especially with a club like ours. And when we took over and we were bo- uh, we were bottom, uh, it's obviously not nice because we've got great people around the club uh, and the people behind the scenes work hard. Uh, it kind of felt like we were letting them down a little bit. Um, but at the moment, like you say, I think a few teams have got games in hand over us, um, so we're not really looking at the table like it's. To try. I try and tell the lads not to look at the table at the minute. Um, 
what we've been doing is taking it game by game. That was the same when we were down the bottom to now being sort of joint second, uh, taking it game by game and just trying to win each game. I think if you look ahead uh, too far, I think you can get come a little bit unstuck and you sort of get a bit complacent. Well, you had a very good September and uh, you took points off of the likes of Malmesbury and Almondsbury and Chard, who were going well. Um, this season and then of course we had the game on Saturday um, against uh, Chippenham Park um, and that was a, a you know another good 3-0 win um, obviously well I mean I wasn't at the game but um, you know did the scoreline do you justice? Uh, yeah I, th- I think there's been quite a few games to be honest where we, we've left it and thought we could have scored, scored a few more goals uh, but at the end of the day sort of Scoring three goals away at a team like Chippenham uh, and keeping a clean sheet, I can't really uh, argue with it, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, we probably could have scored a few more, so similar with the Bishops Lydiard game. Um, we only won 3-2, but it probably could have been 10, to be honest. Um, but as long as we're coming away with three points and moving it on to the next week, then like I say, I've got to be happy with it. Well, next up is Warminster, um, but um, that's the last game in October. November, as you've got a, you've got a busy schedule in the leagues and the cup, uh, and you finish the month with a with a with a trip to Westbury United. Now they've been going incredibly well. Um, I suppose you can't really afford to look too far ahead, and you have just said, in fairness, that you're taking it uh, you're taking it one game at a time. But um, I mean that with that game coming up on the horizon, that's a, that's a mouth watering prospect for you, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I think um, sort of I tell the lads not to look at the fixtures and not to look at the league table, but it's quite difficult for me not to do it. Um, I think Westbury's uh, is the one that I'm looking forward to most. Uh, seeing them doing quite well is, is quite a good good game to see where we're at. Um, I think at the moment we're playing sort of teams in and around us, uh, and they're obviously all tricky games. I think the point the points between sort of top and maybe lower mid-table I think is not very much so I think all the teams are sort of there and thereabouts but going away to Westbury will give me a good chance to sort of look at the squad and see sort of where we are really at That's Westbury United they're obviously top of the table but of the teams that you've come up against so far um, in your managerial reign which ones have impressed you the most who do you think the runners and the riders are going to be in this year's first division? I would say we played Bristol Telephones. Uh, I was the assistant at that stage. Uh, Jared was still in charge. Uh, and they were a good side. It was a good setup. Um, they played some good football. They got sort of strength all over the pitch. Um, it was quite a good game, actually, against them. We were struggling struggling for a side, and we were struggling near the bottom of the table when we went up there. But um, we played really well. I think it was two all with about 20 minutes to go. Uh, we were pushing on to maybe go and get a winner. We had someone sent off and then sort of crumbled from there. But, yeah, they were a good side. I think Malmesbury were a good side when they come down to us. We beat them by the odd goal. Um, yeah, there's, like I say, there's, there's not much difference between sort of the top sides uh, and the lower mid-table sides at the minute, points-wise. Uh, and it shows sort of every week. I, I, I take, tell the lads to take it game by game because I think every team's got the potential to beat anyone in this league. So we've got to make sure we're sort of on it every single game. Well, the, the fixtures bear you out with that, or the results bear you out with that, Sean, because, um, I mean, it does seem to be that everybody is beating everybody pretty much um, uh, every week. And uh, it, as a result of that, the league is incredibly compact, isn't it? It's incredibly competitive. It, it, it's a very exciting time to be watching for, um, football in the, in, the, in the Western League First Division. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's sort of it's difficult. I think week by week you sort of look at other teams' results, but you don't really know who to look for at the moment um, because there's such a jump every single week. One team will jump five or six places, uh, so you have a different team in and around you. That's that's sort of why I want to tell the lads to sort of not look at the league table. It's a little bit false. We played more games than most others as well. Um, so yeah, I think our focus is sort of maintaining our form not looking too much on the league table and just sort of letting it take care of itself. Well, you're one of those teams um, that other managers talk about. So I suppose at the moment we're, we're, we're getting some results where teams are perhaps coming under the radar a little bit. I know that a lot of your colleagues in the managerial ranks have a lot of time um, for what Cheddar have done last season and, and indeed what you're doing this season. So uh, that's a great testament to you. And I would like to say, actually, that in my experience of going around the Western League grounds, I think yours is quite possibly the most picturesque ground that I've seen, not just in the tool station Westerly, but quite possibly so anywhere in the world. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a, yeah, it's brilliant, to be fair. We're sort of a small village club, and I think in some ways we're probably punching above our weight, sort of fighting for promotion in this league, but I think with the people behind the scenes, uh, the squad of players that we've got, I, sort of, I don't see any reason why we can't be promoted and sort of compete in the league above as well. Sean, thank you very much for taking the time, and good luck for the rest of the season. No worries, thank you very much. Um, Corsham Town, they were at home to the Green Army, Welton Rovers. Mm, a late drama at the South Bank ground. Uh, it was nil goalless going into the final few minutes, uh, but Welton have obviously had a good little run recently, uh, managed to managed to claim the win. Alex Witch, uh, former school, co- school colleague of mine, putting in a cross uh, for Chris Pyle, who's done well, um, scored a couple of goals on the, the ground hot weekend. Uh, in the 89th minute, he managed to, to bag the winner, a 1-0 win for Welton. And Malmesbury Victoria, they were at home to Almondsbury. Uh, another big win for Almondsbury. They've done really well uh, in front of goal recently. That's 11 goals in their last three uh, fixtures. Uh, a brace from Harry Brock, um, plus further goals from Alex Bisp and Dan Lane, firing them to a, a 4-2 win at the Flying Monk ground, obviously the best-named ground in the, uh, in the first division. Yeah, interesting as well to see that those last two games we covered, Corsham uh, and Malmesbury, they um, they got really big crowds in the first division, so they're obviously doing something right. Hats off to them. Um, Portis Head, they were at home to Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, and uh, it was Oldland Abertonians who also won uh, on their travels. Uh, a 1-0 win for them, and Josh Williams doing well this season, uh, firing them to the 1-0 win uh, away at Portis Head. And finally, uh, honours even between Roman Glass St George and Warminster Town. Yeah, and it was uh, Remaglass and George, I'm not sure who scored their equaliser, but they managed to, to fight back into the game after Warminster had, had taken the lead just before half-time through Eben Mortimer-Taylor. Right then, uh, we take a look then at the fixtures starting uh, the week, commencing Monday the 23rd of October. On Monday there is one game, that is in the Wiltshire Senior Cup, and that is between New College Swindon and Chippenham Park, a 7.30 kick-off. Now then, Tom, we've got three games on Tuesday the 24th of October, uh, all taking place in the First Division. Yeah, and a couple of the top sides in action. Uh, 7.30 kickoffs at Bishop Sutton, where they take on Westbury United. And Welton Rovers, uh, they host Portishead Town. Uh, and then at 7.45, we've got Canesham Town hosting Bristol Telephones. Right, then I'll rattle you through the Premier Division fixtures for Saturday the 28th of October. And it's Bitten at home to Buckland Athletic, Bridport against Bridlington, Cabri Heath against Wells, Clevedon Town at home to Chipping Sodbury Town, Hallen against Willand, Hengrove Athletic at home to Longwell Green Sports, 
Odd down at home to Bridgewater Town. Shepton Mallet, my God, take on Melksham. That'll only go one way. Uh, Street against Bradford Town and Wellington against Cribs. Now, Tom, you, can, can you take us through the fixtures in the uh, First Division, please? Of course, yeah. So there's a full slate of fixtures on Saturday, all three o'clock, obviously. And we've got Almondsbury versus Bishops Lydiard. Ashton Backwell United versus Malmesbury Victoria. Bristol Telephones looking to continue their winning run. They take on Chippenham Park. Carn Town host Bishop Sutton. Chard Town take on Corsham Town. Radstock will travel to take on Canesham. Got Oldland versus Roman Glass and George. Portishead versus Devizes. Sherbourne versus Westbury. Cheddar travel to take on Warminster. And finally, Wincanton take on Welton Rovers. And Tom, as you look down that fixture list there, which are the games that take your eye? I mean, just from a personal point of view at the moment, I'm really kind of looking to see how Almondsbury get on. Um, probably not. Obviously had the best uh, run of it the last couple of seasons, but they've really started to find some form in front of goal, as I've mentioned there. And they take on Bishops Lydiard, who obviously had a good win themselves on Saturday afternoon. And obviously in the, in the Premier Division, the big one obviously stands out, uh, Street versus Bradford. Yeah, I can't argue with that there. Although, having said that, um, Bitten against Buckland, I reckon that could be a good game because um, although Bitten's league position isn't great, that squad does look very, very strong. So I'm sure that would be a really good uh, really good game. The other one that catches my eye is your team, Odd Down. They're at home to Bridgewater Town. I just hope that they get a bigger crowd because actually, of course, Bridgewater last season were playing their football in the Southern League. Again, they're a team that's sort of coming to terms with life in the uh, Tool Station Western League. But Odd Down, you know, on their day, good side and um, well the other one that of course springs out to me personally is that Shepton Mallant against Melksham Town game quite simply because there is a hoodoo and if we like anything if we like anything in football it's a hoodoo as a voodoo as Jamie Redknapp called it a few weeks ago did he? apparently well the Tottenham could not win at Wembley because they've got a voodoo there we go well, maybe, maybe. Well, that would explain quite a lot if there's sort of like a little little doll of Darren Perrin um, that Shepton Mallet have got hold of. Anyway, never mind. Let's. Uh, well, be interesting to see uh, whether or not they can shake off their hoodoo. Um, right then. Now we've got some parish notices for you, and we are rapidly approaching bonfire night, as you know. And indeed, there is a firework display on Friday, the 27th of October. Uh, this is at Bitten. It's at the Recreation Ground, Bath Road. The event starts at 7 p.m. Gates open at six. Six pounds for adults. Children um, are uh, and OOPs are four pounds. And a family ticket that's two adults and two children will cost you 15 pounds. The tickets are available from the venue or by calling 0117-932-332. Now then, the other thing, listeners, I, I, I don't really need to school you or you know um, um, become a bit of a pedant here, but um, I did notice that on one particular betting site at the weekend, you could get odds on the FA Vars, which is very exciting. Very exciting prospect to, to be able to lay a wager on one of our um, Tool Station Western League sides. But I, I, I must remind you um, that um, gambling uh, on football-related markets is a no-no for players, coaches, secretaries, etc. Anybody who's involved in those ac- um, activities have got to be have, has got to be very careful. So that's definitely one. If you do see it for the fans, very exciting stuff. I, I can certainly lay a few quid if I, if I choose to throw my money away in that particular direction, as I probably would have done, because I did fancy putting a few quid on Radstock at the weekend, and that would have got me nothing in particular back. But um, if you are a player involved in the club as a secretary uh, or a coach, then please do not do it, because the FA would take a very dim view, and we don't want anybody getting into trouble. Now then, that's the, um, that's the sort of, that's, that, that's the negative infomercial out of the way. Now the positive one, we're gonna ra- which is going to round off our Parish Notices feature this week, is an interview that I did recently with my social media guru, 
Jenna Young from Gumption. Now, um, Jenna is um, is a professional social media person. Uh, I asked her to tell me a little bit about the do's and don'ts of um, of using uh, social media, how we can get more out of social media. But of course, the first thing I did was ask her exactly what do we mean by social media. Social media covers a broad um, selection of things online. So um, not only is it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, those sorts of things, but it can also cover um, your blogs, your wiki, so Wikipedia. It's essentially anything that allows the interaction between um, two people online or a business or in this case, um, football club and um, your fans online or your customers online. So what's the point um, it, it takes an awful lot of energy and effort and actually it can cause an awful lot of trouble um, to have a Twitter account and to be posting regularly on Facebook this year the, the Western League celebrates its 125th anniversary so it's been around for an awfully long time uh, and it may well feel that it can uh, see off social media um, it will be going for a lot longer after we've, we've moved on from Twitter and Facebook so what's, what's the point what, what are the benefits that people can get from actually using social media properly isn't it Excellent question, and it's something that I get asked a lot, actually. And it's really important to remember that social media is not the villain. It's not there to inconvenience you. It's not a young people's thing, as I hear very, very often. It's a hugely powerful and actually very, very low-cost marketing tool. So it is there for your benefit. It's there to uh, sell more tickets. It's there to get bums on seats. It's there to engage your fans and allow you to talk talk to them, share updates with them. You know, you've got pretty much every single person on the planet has a Facebook account. I think as Mark Zuckerberg would probably tell you. Um, increasingly, people have Instagram accounts. Um, there's a huge amount of people on Twitter as well. Those people are there and they're ready to be spoken to. So why not take advantage of it and uh, and talk to them? One of the things I've noticed through doing the podcast is that there are different audiences that I have um, for this program uh, and uh, the clubs will inevitably have as well. So you've got the players, you've got managers and game administrators and of course you've got the fans the fans are the biggest pool and without the fans we wouldn't have the games because they provide the ticket money so there are different audiences that um, that clubs can look at and there are different platforms that they can use to communicate with them and there are different ways of using those platforms so what are your top tips um, for making the best use of social media if you have the resource then do a basic kind of straw poll as people are entering the grounds perhaps one day find out what platforms they're using because what I don't want you to do is to be spending loads of time on say Twitter but actually you find that all your fans are on Facebook for example so you know time is very limited I know that you know clubs in this league are um, pressed for time pressed for resource pressed for volunteers so find out where the best place is for you to be spending your time and then focus on there Facebook um, is extremely powerful. It also has an amazing um, advertising uh, platform that pretty much anybody can use. Um, it's very straightforward to use. You've just got to educate yourself in it. Um, you can uh, log on to Facebook Blueprint, which is a completely free educational tool that teaches you everything that you need to know about Facebook in very short, uh, manageable chunks. So you can learn how to use it in general or also use the Facebook advertising platform, which is very, very powerful and it allows you to target, um, you know, 
different genders and age range um, and interests. So are they interested in football? You can start experimenting with all those kind of things. Facebook is very much geared towards um, your bigger uh, marketing messages. So something that a lot longer, you know, you do a nice long post, whereas you've got something like Twitter where it's lots of short, sharp updates. So it might be that you might use Twitter to do a commentary throughout a game. Now, Facebook doesn't really lend itself very well to that because it really prefers to have one long post rather than lots and lots of small ones. Whereas Twitter, you have the opportunity to do all those tiny little ones throughout, the, throughout, say, for example, a game. The other platform as well now, which is becoming increasingly popular and, again, extremely easy to use, is Instagram. Um, it was a young person's platform, as they say, um, but increasingly the audience that are on there are really broadening out. So Instagram um, is very visual, so you don't have to do a huge amount of writing underneath. You just have to have really nice images um, or video, which you can record straight from the app itself and post straight up, add a nice filter, it looks really pretty, make it black and white, and it looks really cool. Um, very, very straightforward to use, and again, completely free to do so as well apart from your time of course now i just want to mention something about video so video is becoming increasingly more important to social it's a really straightforward way to engage your fans even more and most of us have a smartphone these days which means that we have the capability to take video um, and to edit them straight on the phone you don't have to do any fancy editing doesn't have to be a hollywood masterpiece just a short clip you know an interview with a player after the game um, and then you could put it straight up on twitter or straight up on instagram um, or you could stand in front of the crowd and just, you know, do a short panning video of all the fans that are there and thank them for their support and for showing up at the game. Those kind of things are so important now. Um, and because there actually is no excuse to not be doing them, um, take advantage of it. Take advantage of the fact that you can do all these great things for absolutely no cost whatsoever. Now, there are tools out there, aren't there, that help um, people manage all of their different um, social media accounts. And also one of the things that um, they allow you to do is schedule posts so that actually you can be thinking about um, what posts you want to put out um, on what sort of subjects, perhaps promoting a game because you know that it's going to be kicking off at 3 o'clock on a Saturday or an event that you've got going on at the club like a sportsman's dinner. Um, and it enables you to, it enables you to manage um, those posts across a number of platforms all in the same place it does indeed so um my absolute top tips for social when people are just starting out is to be planning all of your posts in advance because it's a real myth that social media has to be spontaneous like you said you know when the game is going to start you know the timings of the lead up um and it also means that you can keep your twitter account or your facebook or your instagram accounts live during the week when you're working or you're doing something else or whatever um a platform such as Hootsuite allows you to write the post straight in and then you can choose which platform you want those to go out on um, and at what time and on what day. Now that's hugely beneficial. It's such a massive time saver and it also allows you to be a bit more strategic about what you're posting. So, you know, if there's things that you have an e-newsletter maybe or um, you have, you know that you've got low 
ticket sales or bums on seats for a game in three weeks time then make sure that you're pushing that on the Tuesday on the Thursday and the lead up to weekend games um, you know that you want to I don't know you're not getting in a lot of traffic to your website for example you know that you can write all of those things and make sure that they're really balanced throughout the seven day week um, again it's very straightforward to do with something like Hootsuite they have a huge educational library um, that explains how to do absolutely everything on it with great introductory videos. Um, so it is worth taking the time, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, a Saturday afternoon, to just kind of take 15 minutes, watch those videos, see how it works, because actually investing that initial time is going to save you a lot of effort and time in the long run. You've talked about the difference in the length of posts between something like Facebook and Twitter, but there was also um, evidence to show that people use those different accounts differently and that activity on Facebook is better if you set it at sort of, you know, I don't know, one or two posts a day and people have different expectations for Twitter. Um, don't take my word for it. You're the expert. What advice can we give to the clubs on how they can manage their expectations for how much they should be using each of these different platforms? You're absolutely right with Facebook that uh, the perfect amount of posts is probably one to two per day and really think about because now you'll be scheduling all of your posts it means that you can post them out as slightly more unsociable hours now your unsociable hours are actually the best times to be posting out so with facebook anytime in the evening say between like 8 and 10 11 o'clock at night this is when people are on their phones they're sitting supposed to be talking with their families or watching tv but they're actually sat on their ipads um, or on their phones uh, kind of tweeting away or looking at things on Facebook and that kind of stuff. So one to two posts a day, perhaps one in the morning um, and one in the evening. If you're going to pick just one, do the evening post. Now with Twitter, you want to be doing that throughout the day. Ideally, you're doing about six to eight tweets a day. Remember, they're very short, so don't be overwhelmed by the fact it's six to eight a day. Um, I'm also... I'm very realistic about how much time people have. So if you can't manage that many, that's okay. Start with, say, one a day if you're not doing any at the moment, and then build it up over time as you become more confident with the platform. And then, say, during the games, um, if you want to be doing live commentary, don't worry at all about how many you're doing. Just do almost as many as you can. Do a tweet for every key moment, um, every amazing pass, or um, every time someone goes off a pitch, or every time someone scores a goal. Um, and then any key moments from afterwards, you know, man of the match, woman of the match, that sort of thing. Um, really share all the information you can through Twitter the more the better really I think and, and there is a bit of a health warning as well isn't there people get very nervous about sort of late night trolling spats and people saying things that they shouldn't be saying I mean what, what are your recommendations on the do's and don'ts of how to engage in a, in a civil way over social media always take the higher ground and remember that you're not just representing you you're representing your club and its fans so no personal opinions please um, and no getting into um, um, intense arguments about a match or anything stay clear of religion and politics uh, and uh, you'll you'll be in a happy place that that's pretty sound advice i think jenna thank you very much for your time thank you so much 
Well, my thanks to Jenna there, and I hope you found that um, interesting. We've got, uh, we do talk a little bit about social media on the podcast every week, and there are some clubs that do a cracking job. We recognise that everybody who's involved in um, promoting um, the uh, Tool Station Western League online is a volunteer, but um, there's always a good opportunity to learn from those people who do things really well and learn from the professionals, and I hope that you found that interview with Jenna enlightening. Perhaps it give you a few tips on how you might be able to spend your time more wisely or make the most of social media. Now then, uh, we won't um, finish this um, podcast without giving Tom an opportunity to talk about the Western League's top scorers and indeed casting our eye down the league table. So who are our hot shots, Tom? In the Premier Division, uh, Gary Higdon, obviously I did mention during the, the round-up, 15 league goals he's now got from Melksham. Uh, he's very much leading the way. We've got Jared Lewington from Buckland on 11 and Steve Murray. Uh, another good season for him. He's on 10 at the moment. In the First Division, it's a bit more tight at the top. We've got Darnie Golding, Marcus Cook and James Quick. They're all on 11 goals for Telephones, uh, Wincanton and Bishop City, respectively. And Devises have uh, Tom Slater on 10 and Matt Brown has 10 for Canesham. So yeah, First Division tight at the top. Uh, in all competitions, Gary Higdon has 16, uh, Steve Murray has 14, as does Luke Mortimer of Willand. And uh, I'll have a quick look at the Premier Division table, Tom. You can have a bit of a, a look at the uh, the First Division one. Now, the tabletop is a street, and they played 13, got 29 points, exactly the same as Buckland Athletics. They're very tight at the top there. Then there are Bradford Town, still unbeaten this season, played 12, 28 points. So they win that game in hand, they go top of the table. Shepton Mallet are in fourth. They've played 14 games, exactly the same number as Melksham Town, who are in fifth. Uh, Shepton, though, one point to the good. They're 26 um, points, uh, Melksham on 25 and in 6th place, place uh, Willand Rovers who've only played 11 games but they have got 23 points so Willand there still going very well at the bottom it's all looking a little bit depressing for Wells City unlucky for some played 13 they've only got 5 points and then below them Longwell Green Sports they've played 12 and they're on nil point uh, now then what's the uh, who are the runners and the riders in the 1st Division Tom? Not quite as tight as the uh, the Premier Division. We've got uh, Westbury uh, on 29 points uh, from their 13 games. They're still unbeaten. Uh, Bristol Telephones, a good win on Saturday. They're on uh, 25 points from 11 games, so obviously two games in hand. If they were to win those, they would go top. Uh, Cheddar have played a few more. They've played 15. Uh, they're on 25 points. Uh, and then we've got Oldland on 24 points in fourth. They've played 13 games. And Devizes are also on 24 points, and they've played 15 games. And then towards the bottom, we've got Sherbourne. Uh, 14 games played, 8 points uh, Portishead, uh, they're just one place ahead uh, They've also played 14, they've got 9 points And then Carntown, uh, they've played 13, they have 10 points Excellent, Tom, thank you very much indeed for your, for your time and for your company um, uh, We do, when we go through the podcast, of course we do Cast an eye over your excellent bulletin Where can the, where can the listeners find that at the moment? Yeah, in the usual place on the uh, Tool Station website uh, The tab along the top that says bulletin And you can download it in PDF or Word format and have the non-league paper been keeping you gainfully employed this week? Yes, uh, a roundup of all those home wins in the uh, Premier Division can be found in the uh, five and six section. Step five and six. Tom, thank you very much indeed. Um, we will return to the bar here in the Ram, in the centre of Bath, where Tom's told me that he intends to do the optics this afternoon. So God only knows what state he's going to be in when this goes to air. But anyway, thank you very much for your time and your company. We will return uh, this time next week uh, for the Tool Station Westernly podcast. <laughs> <laughs>